Coming to you entirely pre-recorded from the Garage of Solitude in Whitestone, Queens, I am Mario Francisco Robles. And from the Office of Justice on Long Island, New York, I'm Brett Miro, and this is episode 172 of the Fanboy Podcast. Hi, everybody. Look, we're, we are not going to mess around this week. Episode, uh, what, 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 which one is this? 172. Episode 172 is going to be dominated by Another this banger. week's, yeah, th- th- this week's blockbuster announcers. I got to tell you, uh, James Gunn is single-handedly changing everything <laughs> about the DCU's perception right now, too. Like, j- just in terms of like, he goes on Twitter and just responds to all the weird rumors that come around. He's like, he no, really, no, yeah. He <laughs> he just flat out comes and says, "This is real. This isn't." This reporter is usually accurate, but his sources uh, need to be, you know, they let him astray this time. Like this week, it's just been gun has just been dropping a bomb every day. So who knows? But somewhere in the middle of this recording, he's going to tweet some other new nugget about the future of the DCU. So without further ado, I feel like we should uh, dive right on into this week's Superman on film update because it is a doozy. So, remember, uh, I don't know, not even two months ago, I think it was, uh, you know, Black Adam came out, what, October 17th, so Henry made it official like three days later, right, they got through that opening weekend, so maybe it was like October 21st or something, so not even two months ago. We were happy to report that after uh, a a seemingly endless odyssey of will he or won't he, Henry Cavill at long last was returning to the role of Superman. He posted a video. There was a big interview with Josh Horowitz on the Wednesday after that. There was reports (laughs) from the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline and Variety about how there's a lot of momentum around henry's return and how this isn't just for cameos they're also taking pitches for a man of steel too we got the details about charles roven and stephen knight and andy muschietti like all of that was happening and then this week happened uh ladies and gentlemen uh in case you blinked and you've missed it uh henry cavill's return as superman has uh very quickly become his official exit from the role that's right this week uh, over on the twitter james gunn has made it official i'm going to read to you a statement uh he talks about the the upcoming dcu slate as a whole and he goes right into some tidbits about superman and i should preface this with uh the previous day Someone had asked him about Superman in general that, you know, since things suddenly seem kind of up in the air with Henry's future, which is something we've been talking about the last two weeks about how like maybe uh, we were counting our chickens before they were hatched there with uh, Henry. Um, Yeah, there's uh, James was asked about Superman and he said that. Yes, Superman's important, arguably the most important part of the DCU, something along those lines, that he is a priority. And that was something I was saying at that time, too, that, listen, just because Henry's future in the role might be in doubt, that does not mean that Superman is in doubt. It seems that James Gunn has you know, had him kind of front and center and top of mind all throughout this process. So that kind of laid the groundwork for this series of tweets from James Gunn. He said, 
Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. So that right there, full stop. We're going to get some insights uh, within a few weeks then, right? Because this yeah, year's ended. Weeks. Yeah, a- I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> yeah, this week, is, I mean, this month, this year is over in two freaking weeks. Yeah, so if crazy. we're getting stuff at the start of the new year, that means we're getting stuff really, really soon. So that was a, that was nice to see. But then in the very next tweet, he says, <clears throat> among those on the slate is Superman. By the way, he just says, is Superman. I wonder if they're going to call it Superman, because that's never happened, by the way. You right. know, the, the Reeve one was uh, Superman the movie. And everything else, you know, it was Man of Steel or everything had some Roman numeral after it. There's never been a movie that's just called Superman. So I wonder if that's what he's going for. But I repeat, he says, among those on this latest Superman, in the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life. So the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. Right there, he says it in no uncertain terms. He literally, like, he addressed the elephant in the room. He didn't want there to be any ambiguity of, like, oh, maybe this is, like, a a younger Clark and it could still lead up to older Clark or Henry. You know, he put that to bed right there. It will not be played by Henry Cavill. Uh, But we just had a great meeting with Henry. And we're big fans, and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. And what made this uh, a little bit different, what made this a little bit different is, look, there have been times in the past where Henry's future as Superman um, has been called into question, where there's been some reason, some report, some quote by an executive and henry has never ever addressed it he's always just like kind of no sold it or said something along the lines of hey you know the cape is still in the closet and all that kind of stuff right Right. he's never come out and outright said uh it's over guys the dream is over let's move on he never ever did and that was something i actually commended him on when, uh, you know, when he finally got the role back, it was like, see, you know, he he stuck to his guns. He believed in this. And uh, is everything coming through on uh, good on my end, by the way? I'm, I know uh, sometimes my signal gets a little wonky, but am I yeah, I see it. You're a little choppy on my end, but I did. Uh, I don't know if you checked the box to locally record. I don't know if back. I did, but we're just going to keep going. This is what happens when you try to yeah. open up a freaking website. Uh, and you have crappy bandwidth. So, are you? Am I coming through okay right now, though? Audio wise, read... you are. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the visuals don't really matter that much right now. I want to read what Henry said, and uh, here we go. So, unlike in the past, where Henry has always traditionally kind of like no sold these kind of moments and left it kind of up in the air for whether or not we, you know, we should have hope. Here was Henry's response, which came like. You know, mere it felt it feels like it came within an hour of James Gunn's uh, tweet. So this seems all very sort of coordinated and calculated. So Henry Cavill said, I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran. And it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman after being told by the studio 
to announce my return back in October prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest. But that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. For those who have been by my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit. But then we must remember, Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists. And the examples he sets for us are still there. My turn to wear the cape has passed. But what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride with you all, onwards and upwards. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Henry Cavill not only acknowledged what Gunn had tweeted, but confirmed and said, yep, my time with the cape has passed. It is over. Um, and in, I mean, you want to just react to any of this so far, Brent, this little recap I have going? I feel like it's like Henry Cavill going into the office of James Gunn and Peter Safran, and then they're like, "Hand over your badge and your gun." <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah. hand over the hand, hand over, over your the cape, cape and yeah, and the, and the yeah. under. Um, uh, it's yeah, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. We, we literally like what was it? Just like a week or two weeks ago, two shows ago, I was just like, "Wow, imagine like if they make all this hubbub and then it ends up not being, and then like that's legit what happened." It's yeah, it, it sucks for for Henry and um. I know we'll probably talk about it in a little bit, but like, yeah, it, it certainly seems like there was some kind of miscalculation on someone's end. As far oh, as we're going to get into that, I'm going to do yeah, a we're kind of like history. But that, that's how I feel. <laughs> like that is like where I am right now. I'm like, it's it's a shame. I feel bad for him. Um, overall, though, as we'll we'll keep talking, like I'm I'm pretty pumped for what's coming. Yeah, and what we started to talk about with James Gunn was throwing out there. Yes. I'm into it. Yeah. So, okay. Um, also, uh, regarding this meeting that Cavill had with Safran and Gunn, uh, there's a little more on that where, you know, Gunn mentioned it in the initial barrage of tweets. Henry addressed the meeting in his Instagram story. And then earlier today on Thursday, um, Gunn added about the meeting because somebody accused him of being a little kind of cold about this decision. You know, that there are a legion of fans who are going to be devastated by having Henry's return suddenly just yanked out from under them yeah. after the big sort of, you know, hubbub of his return at the end of October. So they accuse him of being somewhat cold. And he said, I'm anything but cold about it. I sat down in person with Henry yesterday and we had a very open and honest and respectful discussion. We have communicated since, and he and I are all good. So, listen, you know, the they had the talk. Henry seems to have made his peace with it. You know, he he agrees we're going to be, you know, he's going to mourn this, and it, it's sad news. But it's interesting, though, that he, he made sure to point out that it was the studio that told him, go ahead and announce this. You know, it, like... Because yeah. it, it would have looked really bad, you know, the optics of that, of like maybe he was going into business for himself or like him and The Rock and Danny Garcia were trying to pull a fast one. It's like, no, they the studio was in lockstep with all this stuff until they weren't. And that's yeah. where it kind of brings me to like a series of questions, too, because there's a lot of emotions I'm seeing online. 
There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of sadness. So I feel like let's kind of uh, go through some of those emotions and figure out who we should be aiming them at. Because sure. in terms of like who we should be mad at in this situation, I see some folks uh, want to be mad at James Gunn. I also see some folks who want to be mad at Danny Garcia and they say uh, Henry needs to hire a new manager after this embarrassment that he's just gone through and so on and so forth. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It would appear that blaming James Gunn is not a smart idea because he was not in charge at the time when this happened. See, let's kind of have a little bit of like a recap, a little kind of uh, how we got here so you could figure out who indeed we should be mad at. Because you see, under Walter Hamada, there was a certain plan in place. And under Walter Hamada, Henry Cavill's return as Superman, depending on who you ask, was either not going to happen at all, or there was perhaps some long-range plan that was rumored for him to pop up in, a, in an eventual Infinity Crisis movie, or Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, or something to those effects. But under Walter Hamada, Henry's future as Superman was pretty much dead, or maybe there's a slight chance of down the line, right? But then, Discovery buys Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery is now in charge, and everyone knows that Walter Hamada's days are numbered. In fact, he's not even consulted when Batgirl gets canceled. And Warner Brothers uh, puts uh, Pamela Abdi and Michael DeLuca kind of as temporary stewards of the DC brand while they go look for their architect. Remember, it's been months and months now that they yeah. were looking for their architect, their person who was going to steer things. But it was pointed out at the time that there's now a power vacuum at the studio because Hamada's opinion doesn't matter. And Abdi and DeLuca are really just like babysitters until we get the architect. But you see, this is where Dwayne The Rock Johnson kind of stepped in and saw an opportunity where like there is not an adult in the room right now. Right. So let me go to Abdi and DeLuca and convince them and make a hard play for why this thing needs to happen and why this thing is going to help sell Black Adam and, and the fans. You got to believe me on it. The fans are going to be so excited about this and it's going to it's going to really move the needle. Um, and I think The Rock basically learned like the, the hard lesson about how Twitter is not real life and Instagram yeah. is not real life. You know, this whole thing with Black Adam versus Superman and all the, this big fight that he's been teasing on his socials for the last few years, which, you know, we've just we've parsed his quotes in the past about this. where like he literally has seemingly has been reverse engineering his entire Black Adam franchise right. to crazy. get to this fight with Superman, you know, and he must have gone to the, you know, to Abdi and DeLuca and explained like, listen, I don't know. Hamada was out of his mind. We've got Henry waiting in the wings and the fans are going to really love this and it's going to do this and it's going to do that. And without an adult in the room, DeLuca and Abdi, went ahead and made the okay for this. You know, they approved okay. the cameos. And to what's sad about all this too, is it wasn't just Black Adam that he shot in September. That's right. You know, there, there's all, there's all kinds of stuff that he also shot a scene for the flash. 
I think he also Aquaman. possibly had a scene for Aquaman also. Yeah. You know, it, it really, you know, like he had, there's other footage in the, in an archive now that now is going to be some kind of like Easter egg that people are going to want to see, you know, but he yeah. shot these other cameos apparently was paid $250,000 per cameo. So he walked off with at least half a million bucks for putting on the suit for a couple more days, you know, so yeah. we can't feel, <laughs> Too too bad for Henry. Right. <laughs> but again, without you know, in, in the absence of an adult in the room, Dwayne the Rock Johnson kind of went into business pushing yeah. his agenda. Kind of muscled his way in there and was like, he hey, like just, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm listen, the biggest movie no star boss. in the world. Yeah. I could just uh, let me get I'll, in here. Yeah, I'll be like the de facto kind of boss until there's an architect here. And listen, Maybe this is an entirely different conversation we're having if Black Adam was a runaway smash and it it suddenly did like something like Deadpool or some you know yeah. so something that came out of nowhere and just makes makes almost a billion dollars and everyone's like holy crap it, it would Adam be an entirely different right it would, I think yeah. it might be a different story yeah. but instead he's out there beating the drum for Superman versus Black Adam beating the drum for Henry Cavill. You know, dropping all these teases and hints and this and that, and the movie's not gonna make it past 400 mil. Okay, so this happens, and suddenly, now, like, not even 10 days later, we get an adult in the room. And James Gunn's is now that there's reports that DC Studios and the people who are kind of in charge now are not too happy with how much talking The Rock was doing, how much he was Mm. kind of, you know acting like he was in the driver's seat for the future of things talking about, oh, yeah, we've got an Adam movie coming or we've got a Hawkman thing. And oh yeah, we're going to build out the justice society. And then we're going to do this. You know, apparently the, there were people who were like, you know what? Can you just pipe down a little bit? Because Stop flapping your you're not, <laughs> Yeah. You're not really in charge. So yeah, th- there've been a few reports in recent days about the fact that like things kind of backfired. And again, if Black Adam had been a smash hit, maybe they're all smiling to the rock's face and going, you know what? Fine. You know, here are the keys to the kingdom. But it did like rather abysmally. It didn't just do like, okay. It did yeah. rather abysmally by, right. you know, by many standards. So when it comes to who we should be mad at, like James Gunn, th- this was not, he was not asking for the Henry Cavill thing to happen. That was a decision made before he got the job. And it sounds like he already had his own ideas for where he wanted to go with Superman because something else he revealed in that initial tweet storm yesterday was that he's been writing it for quite a while. This isn't like a decision he made in the last week or two. It sounds like he's been working on Superman. He said, I think I've been writing (laughs) like, actually, like like I've been yeah, he's, he's been, been working on this, this for a little while. while. Yeah. Yeah. And we also know, we've discussed here on this show, that he and Safran are the ones who've been in David Zaslav's ear the last several months about getting Superman in place and getting a coherent, cohesive plan for the DCU created. So it sounds like he's already kind of had a script in mind. So imagine you're James Gunn, right? And you're talking to the president of Warner Brothers Discovery. And it's starting to look like this is going to be your job one day and you're working on your Superman script. But then you have the rock out here in interviews talking about a totally different set of Superman stories that has nothing to do 
with right. where you want to take things. And then those, and then that movie doesn't even do well. So now it's once again like another distraction, another one of yeah. DC's missteps again, where they well, promise like something. Yeah. Yeah, he's talking all these projects, putting all this stuff out there. Yeah. You know, then he's um he's going ahead and throwing like the studio under the bus saying, well, they didn't want Cavill back. So he's revealing all this like behind the scenes information. Yeah. And then it's like you had that like if he was like obviously talking to the executives, he must have had an idea and known about that they were looking for like a new architect for the studio. So, yeah, he started saying that he had to have known there was going to be a big, you know, sea change coming in and then yeah. still talked all this hype, all this hype, all this hype. You know, listen, he his company, I think, also was one of the producers on Black Adam. So he has like much more financial stake than just starring in it. Like he's invested in it as well, I think. So, you know, he, he's a, he's ever the salesman. You know, it's the rock. But it, it yeah. just it's, it's incredible to that. And then. You know, what do you think was going to happen? Like James Gunn taking this job doesn't owe anybody anything. He came in. He has a job to do now. And his job is to make a big long-term plan and like write the ship. And yeah. if he decided the best way to do that is to, you know, do a full-blown like reboot, even though we still don't know all the details yet. But it sounds like he's probably going to be trying to start from scratch. It's like, yeah, he has an idea and a story he wants to tell. So, yeah, he has every right to start from scratch and be an artist and create, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. And that's the thing. So I don't think Gunn is the target here. No. And I know that there's been a lot of um, you know folks who don't really understand how any of this stuff works, who want to be mad at James Gunn for this. But it's like, listen, he got this job. He was told, we want you to like save and redirect our DCIP. We're going to make you the co-president of a whole studio that did not exist until right now so that you can get our DC stuff on track. And if he's going to do that, he's going to have to do some serious housekeeping. You know, yeah. you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. And, yeah. you know, he we talked about Wonder Woman 3 last week. There's lots of different things that maybe aren't going to see the light of day anymore with Gunn and Saffron kind of, you know, calling the shots. But this, you know, this this was bound to happen. This was going to happen. Yeah. We knew this was a possibility. Houses. Yeah, we knew this was a possibility. A very strong so, possibility. We've been talking about say, it for a week. Yeah. So yeah. I would say Gunn is not, you know, he's off the hook for this. When it comes to the management issue, I don't think you can blame Danny Garcia. All she was was an aggressive manager. She was everything you want a manager to be. She was, you know, the cheerleader, the bulldog, the pit bull trying to keep her client's job. You know, she didn't really do anything yeah. wrong here. She yeah. did what she was exactly supposed to do. So for me, in the blame in this scenario and the whole egg on face PR snafu of having Henry announce his return only for that to evaporate in a matter of weeks, that falls on the shoulders of Pamela Abdi, Michael DeLuca, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson for varying different reasons. Because Abdi and DeLuca, if, if you know that your boss is looking for a chief architect for this thing. Yeah. You know that like you're basically just a temp you're babysitting. You're like a replacement for you. <laughs> you know yeah. you have your boss is looking to replace you in the temporary role yeah. you're holding. 
You're the what are you interim doing making these manager. Major yeah, like, like decisions. How is the interim manager trying trying to make decisions that are going to affect the franchise for you know God knows forever, you know, yeah. for years to come? You know, they should have just stayed put and held off on any of that stuff until the you know until Zaslav found his architects for DC. You know, so they get a whole bunch of the shame, and I also think that the Rock. He was kind of, you know, he was he, he was kind of forcing his way in there with his own agenda, trying to beef up the box office for his own, uh, you know, franchise. And I don't know that he was necessarily with the right priorities. You know, he clearly didn't think that Black Adam needed to be a good movie. You know, he thought it just had to like, you know, check certain mar you know, boxes yeah. and, and be fun and be a blockbuster sort of, you know, yeah. which it was again, a movie made by committee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was it was totally built by committee. It was like, here's the things that will test well. This is what people like in other yeah. movies. We're gonna do our version of that. And if we just string all these things together and a loosely, a loosely together plot, you know, this will be a hit. And it we showed no, we we've kind of uh We've gotten past that. We can't have these like 1990s, early 2000s era superhero movies. And that's what it felt and like. That's another thing, too. Like the fact that it wasn't even well received or well liked. Like imagine you're trying to put together a plan and this big world building movie comes out and basically gets panned by the critics and essentially like is going to struggle to break even at the box office just as you're trying to now like come in and breathe new life into this you know like 10 days before you get the job there's a there's a movie stinking up the place and creating questions again and muddying the waters and you're going to deal with forever about questions of the canon of whether or not henry is related to the snyder verse or if you're retconning you know it's 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 such a messy situation, but if you're James Gunn, I think, you know, I think he did the only thing he could do here. So in terms of who I can blame, I blame the interim people, DeLuca and Abdi, and I blame The Rock for playing that Henry card super, super hard. And, uh, you know, it, it, Henry Cavill has now been left on the outside. He's not Superman. He's not doing The Witcher anymore. And now he's. I just in- said last week. Oh yeah. my God. Literally on the last episode, I said, man, I really hope the Superman thing works out because I feel like they said it was for creative differences. But I was like, I feel like he left The Witcher probably because he's like, I'm going to be so busy with Superman, like whatever. And yeah. now he doesn't have that either. So, yeah. but one thing I want to mention too, Mario, is yeah. like, and we kind of know this just because, like, we've been in theater and we're, like, you know, kind of in tune to a lot of this stuff. We, we've yeah. done some little film project, TV projects and stuff. Like, stuff, this, what happened with Cavill, this shit happens all the time. Yeah. You just don't hear about it. It's not publicized. It's not talked about and blasted from the rooftops and all over social media. Do you know how many, like, movies, like, roles changed and went back? And, like, if you, like, you know, especially if you watch, like, I watch a lot of, um you know, actors on actors and, like, you yeah. know, interviews with actors where they tell all these stories. I mean, like, you ever hear, like, the story for, like, Christian Bale and American Psycho? Like, he was on, then he got, like, kicked off, then, like, DiCaprio was going to do yeah. it. And then he waited for, like, a year and a half passing up other roles and offers because he was, like, I'm I'm just going to hold on tight here and just hope somebody backs out and I can get back into that movie. Like imagine that was like an announcement and then it didn't go. And then like, literally like that would be a Cavill situation. Like, you know, if if social media was around at the time, like this stuff happens all the time and you just never hear about it. This is all backroom 
stuff. So it's just funny, like how we as a fandom make such a big deal because we become attached to the actors as the characters. I mean, the, the love, I think at the end of the day, it, it really is as fans is for the character. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's where the love is. But when a, an actor comes in and, 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 you know, kind of hits a nerve with people, like then it does be, you, you kind of get like very emotional and like fierce about them too, almost as much as you do about the character. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's um, you know despite what Tarantino says, where he goes, no one cares about the actor; it's all about the character. Um, they're just coming to see Captain America, but it's like no, nah, like I have an attachment to Chris Evans as Captain America because I thought you know like I, I, so I think he's wrong. So there's my you know, hot take against Tarantino. All right, but also you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So so. We've covered who we should be mad at. Who should we be sad for? I think it's pretty obvious. We should be sad for Henry. You know, imagine, you know, yeah. like, like you just went through as an actor going through that roller coaster. It's got to suck. Yeah, I even sucks. feel like we got to feel sad for Danny Garcia. She's been out there beating this drum, trying to keep hope alive. She was probably toasting all kinds of champagne at the end of October when her client was finally announced to Superman again in this long project. For the, you know, for the last five years, she's been trying to make this happen. So I actually feel bad for her. And again, for those of you who are saying he needs to fire his manager, it's like, she, this is not her fault. She did exactly yeah, no, she managed what you want The studio, yeah. you know, just shit happens. Like, this, like, literally this stuff happens, like, every day. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's just, and, uh, we're blowing it up. Yeah. But then, even though I, we, I'm mad at him, I, I, I think we need to be sad for The Rock, too. This is like... This is a professional slap in the face. This is not a good look. Yeah. No, you he, know, he looks silly. His whole, like, his whole, like, image is he, he just wins. He's just success. He's always, you know, like, the, the way he carries himself, he acts like this man about town who can get anything done. And he's got that energy. And to have his Black Adam movie after all these years and all the hype and all the stuff how we've talked about with the freaking hierarchy of power, uh, to now have his movie basically be like a one and done. It's unlikely yeah. to get sequels. Yeah. And this, this fight that he's been hyping up and Superman's return that he's been hyping up, it was all for naught. I mean, you know, I also kind of just feel sad. That's it. He's got to feel, uh, you know, someone should check on the rock. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's been a tough couple. I mean, days. I bet he's, he has like 20 other projects and he's super rich. So I think he'll be, he'll be okay. But maybe, maybe I a just, little shot to his pride. Maybe a little shot to his pride. I, I just think about the fact that like he built black Adam from like the ground up, you know, he was the first yeah. piece of talent attached to that project. Well, hopefully he and learned he, something. Yeah, hopefully, you know, because you know, he chose the writers, he chose the director, he had a strong hand in the story and how it unfolds and the tone and the presentation. And, you know, he I remember even early on, like he was talking about the suits and how the suits is going to be a different type of suit than you've ever seen before. And like he's like literally he made this thing from the ground up. It's his baby. And and ultimately, the, the studio was like, now nah, we're good. You can take it back. Yeah. We don't want any more of this. He he did have a good suit. He did have a good the suit. The suit actually was very, very good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, it was. But now let's get back to the Superman on film update itself, though. Because all right. So now we've talked about Henry's departure. 
And actually, wait, one more thing about Henry's departure before we move on from it. All right. It's worth noting that Henry Superman had a lot of baggage, you know, had a lot of mileage <laughs> on him. I'm trying to find a nice way to say this, but it's like, you know, I tweeted about it yesterday. But it's like, you know, and we've discussed this here on the show, but, you know, when you have a Superman who has debuted, fought Doomsday, fought Batman, died, been resurrected, and yeah. joined the Justice League in a matter of just three movies, yeah. that leaves future DC storytellers in kind of a hole with where do we go with yeah. Superman? You know he's I mean? already he's, hit so many highs. Yeah. It's like, how do you like, you know, like he, he's done. There's no, so there's like, no like stakes. The stakes are gone because like all the, he achieved all the cool things or all like the big, you know, yeah. they knew moments. It's like he was stuff. born, died, resurrected. And we've still barely got to know the guy just by, by, by like the way it all worked out, you know, but like we rushed through these major moments and, uh, that's why, too, like, again, if you're an incoming creative and you're trying to figure out how do I continue and tell the Henry Cavill Superman story, you got to somehow address the, the controversial last 10 years, you know, yeah. and the fact that once again, just a quick recap, you know, Man of Steel divisively received BVS divisively received Justice League theatrical not seen and made a mockery of his CG face. Zack yeah. Snyder's Justice League, well, you know, better received, but still seen as more of like a niche sort of oddity for people who love Zack Snyder's work and wanted to see this alternate take on a streaming app three years after the fact, you know, four years after the fact. And then yeah. the coup de grace to end his cursed run as Superman is that tiny cameo at the end of Black Adam, a movie <laughs> that the world widely just shrugged at and said, we're okay yeah so when you factor all of that in yeah you know, we talked about it last week like is it was it really inexplicable was it really insane of them to not want to go down this road with henry so now it brings it to you know guns you know final decision here to move on from henry cavill it's like listen folks i know it would have been great to have him back I'm a supporter of his. I still think he had it in him to be the Superman for this generation. I still don't think he ever got the movie that would let him prove that. So I was very hopeful that this would, whatever this next one would end up being, would be the one that cemented his legacy as Superman. I would have loved that, but we got to be realistic. So, uh, some damage was done, as even Henry has said in the past that there have been some stylistic choices made and decisions made that maybe weren't for the best. And the sad yeah. part is he is forever going to pay the price for those creative decisions that he had no part in creating. So it really is sad and bittersweet to see Henry go because uh, none of this stuff was his fault. None of the stuff that was controversial or ultimately caused his run to essentially be kind of cursed. None of that was his fault. So, sorry, yep. Henry. Thanks for the memories, and uh, we'll see what happens. But now, let's talk about the actual Superman story that we've been hearing about so far in little drips yes. and drabs. So, uh, we know it's going to focus on an earlier part of his career, but Gunn, I say career, the earlier part yep. of his life, 
But Gunn has gone out of his way to make it clear that this is not going to retell his origin. So for anyone wondering, are we going to go all the way back to the beginning again? Are we going to see the destruction of Krypton and do the whole Smallville upbringing? But no, it won't be an origin story. It's a young Clark coming to Metropolis. And then just to kind of add a little extra to that not being an origin story thing, there's even um, the, the, in another interaction on the Twitter, uh, he kind of let it be known that this Clark might even already know most of the major characters in his mythology. So j- just to kind of let me give you the quotes about that. Um, OK, let me just make sure I read the perfect part of this. He says he's definitely not doing an origin story. Um, and he's not meeting the major characters for the first time either. He's merely younger. So that, that that's just an important distinction that Gunn wanted to make. So it seems yeah. like he probably knows Lois and he knows Perry and he knows Jimmy. We're right. going to hit a Superman story that's kind of in progress. And who knows? You know, I don't know. You know, we're, we're going to see where this goes. But so far, that is what we know, that he's younger. Yeah. It's set. It seems to be set in Metropolis, focusing on cub reporter Clark Kent. And he already knows a lot of the major characters in his story. And some people, you know, some stupid clickbait website was like, oh, is he trying to say that there's going to be other major DC characters, like more Justice Leaguers and right, trying to right. turn it into something? <laughs> it's like, no, he didn't say that there were going to be major characters. He said he hasn't met, no, he's already met the major characters. So he's talking right. about the major characters in his world. Oh, yeah, of the Superman you know, mythology. He's not world. saying he's going to meet major characters. You know, but right. when you're a clickbait site, you know, you don't worry about the word. Yeah, you, you run with anything. On... Yeah. So <laughs> either way, in case you saw that, I think it was comicbook.com. So yeah, that's a pretty yeah. well known one. If you saw that headline uh and you got intrigued by it, uh yeah. no. They're embellishing. Um, yeah. <laughs> So in terms of anything else we know about this new Superman, um, we don't know much yet. In terms of a director, because that question came up too, um, I even there, I read a little bit into his wording because he basically said, we don't know who is going to direct it, which to me is different than we haven't found the director for it yet. Because if we haven't found, it looks like they're actively searching for someone. But we don't know who. Sounds like it could be one or two different people. We're just deciding who it's going to be. Like it could be him or it could be Andy Muschietti, who we know seemed to want to do a Superman movie recently as per THR. So I almost feel like there's there's essentially a short list. They already know know, who it's going to be. They just haven't decided. And I think that probably the biggest holdup is Gunn himself deciding do I also want to direct this thing? I'm writing it. Do I also yeah. want to direct he, it? I'm sure he he's basically a lot yeah. of the stuff he writes and, and mo- yeah. most of the stuff he writes. Especially and I think lately. like he excels at that because like he knows everything so well in and out. And exactly. I think that's why like you have movies from him that I think uh, end up having like a ton of heart. Um, yeah. I think he's proved that time and time again, which makes me like super excited for like his take on Superman. I think he's really going to nail that aspect. And if you he also early... wrote he wrote Brightburn also yeah that isn't that yeah. the evil yeah. Superman movie I actually haven't seen that we shouldn't have you seen it no 
No. I was just going to say, just side sidebar, just even for the listeners, we should yeah. uh, maybe try to like plan to watch it soon and yeah. like maybe tell the listeners to watch it and then okay. come and see if we can glean anything based From on like take. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like his take on evil Superman, if that can give us any detail on what he thinks <laughs> about real Superman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he co-wrote that or with his brother or something, but yeah, he definitely had something creatively to do with Yeah, that. I think like heavily, like more heavily involved like creatively in that. Yeah. Yeah. But well, if you, you think like, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah. If you look earlier in his filmography, that's when he was more likely to just do the script but not direct. You know, he he did a script for one of those Scooby-Doo movies with uh What's his name? Matthew Lillard. You know, he wrote one of those. Yes. He did the script for Zack Snyder's uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. You know, where, right. you know, he didn't direct it. Yeah, but again, that was years ago when he wasn't quite James Gunn yet. And he was just a writer for hire. If you oh. look at all of like the last 10 years, you know, he wrote all three Guardians movies and he directed all three Guardians yeah. movies. He wrote The Suicide Squad. He directed Suicide Squad. He wrote Peacemaker and he wrote every, you know, he directed every episode, if I'm not mistaken, of that show. Yeah. This guy tends to direct what he writes. So Brian and Mark Gunn wrote. I, I, so yeah, Brian uh, and see, Mark so it's his brothers. He produced. So, yes. All right. I was wrong there. So I guess maybe that's a horrible idea and we shouldn't do it. Well, but listen, I'm just here to let anyway. you down nicely. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So in terms of what we know about this origin tale, um, it's not much. But there's, a, there, there, there's another little T. See, the, the issue with having James Gunn tweeting all the time and me having my, my analytical brain thinking about right. like understanding the meaning of everything all the time Uh they asked him on Twitter tonight, also shortly before we hit record tonight, uh, a, a, a listener or a listener, a, a, a Twitterer uh, asked him, aside from your own, what is your favorite Marvel film, your favorite MCU film? And he mentions Iron Man. And I feel like that's interesting because I have a feeling this Superman movie is essentially going to serve as the Iron Man for the DCU. Yeah. You know, it's going to be the it's going to set the tone. It's going to establish the initial rules of this universe and kind of give us a, ten, a taste for how this universe is going to un, you know unfold for us. So it seems like he's got Iron Man on the brain and mm -hmm. we know he's writing Superman. And it just seems to me like we're going to have a DCU where Superman is front and center and arguably the first character that brings us into that world, kind of like our first way into the biggest story ever told will be on the shoulders of a 20 something Clark Kent. Yeah. I am so down for that. Yeah. You know? I hope it's like a, like a, like a, maybe he's like, it's like year five Superman. Yeah, you it, know, it like, could be like that, like man. Five yeah, years. You know, it's not but like maybe year, he's like tussled with a couple of of villains that we know already. Yeah, and yeah, and he's like, you know, he's fully formed. He has his powers. He has his suit. Like you know, but yeah, yeah. maybe he's like mid twenties, maybe late twenties, and then yeah. if it is a ten year plan, that like gives him a nice little run. Like you know, like late twenties, maybe like thirty to forty, and, and especially if they're gonna go to like a Kingdom Come, the actor will become a little wiser over the years. I think I think yeah. that's a uh, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, 
Hey, I lost my train of thought there because I, I am very just excited about yes. where this is all going. Um, but in terms of, uh, yeah, okay. I'm looking at some of the other topics that we have coming up and I'm like, I, I yes. want to jump to some of this other stuff that's coming up, but in terms of, uh, the, 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 the Superman and the origin and all of that, and the I people. lost my train of thought. So we're just going to move on people. to the next bullet point because uh, earlier I brought up the thing about, uh, you know, clickbait websites running yes. with stories that aren't real uh there was a headline that made the rounds around 48 hours ago about robert pattinson's batman potentially coming into the dcu and and, and that piqued my curiosity because remember i've been saying forever right i'm notorious for bringing up yeah. whenever we have these discussions for what's going to be canon and what is the timeline going to look like when everything's over i've been saying forever that if you're someone running a dc studios and you're someone who's trying to make a coherent and cohesive dc universe it's got to chap your ass something awful that batman exists <laughs> in a in a in a you know a land all his own you know so um so when I saw that rumor, I'm like, hmm. and it didn't come, I think, from just anywhere. I think it came from like variety. So that's why yeah. it was, like, people were like, whoa, what? They're going to really integrate Battinson? And, and, and now like that is no longer just on its own. Well, that's where James Gunn comes into play because yep. that rumor has now quickly been debunked. This was the one where he quote tweeted the article. He tagged the writer. And said, you know, I there's very few writers I trust and respect more than this guy. However, their sources on this one are wrong. It's not true. So he debunked right. it. No, Robert Pattinson's Batman is not going to suddenly be playing with everyone else. He's still going to be in Matt Reeves' singular Bat universe. And Matt Reeves himself even got in on the action. Quote tweeting James Gunn's uh, clarification about the sourcing and saying, yeah, I would trust this guy as the source, meaning Gunn himself. So yeah. if Gunn is saying it's bullshit, it is bullshit. And that's Reeves letting you know, no, yeah. that is not the case. So if yeah. you saw something in there, if you if somehow that rumor made its way to you and you thought about the uh, vast number of times I've brought up that someone's going to try to figure out a way to do that. Uh, it's, it's, it's not happening. But Squash. similar, though, to this thing about, remember, when, when Henry's future was suddenly called into question, people thought maybe this means that Superman isn't a priority, and he said that he is. Well, similar to that, we've got a similar situation with Batman. Because while he's clarified, that the Robert Pattinson Batman is not going to be integrated into the DCU. He did say that Batman, the character, is going to be a major part of the DCU. So now that gets us wondering, like, you know, a may, you know, um, are they going to bring in? a new Batman that's going to exist just within the confines of the DCU that will not be Michael Keaton will have no ties to Batfleck like that. Yeah, that's where people's heads are at now. Like if we're going to get a new Superman, then we may as well get a new Batman. But 
is that going to make things really weird when the flash comes out next year and you've got Ben Affleck's Batman, you've got Michael Keaton's Batman. And now we're going to introduce a new one, presumably in the next year or two. Well, you got to imagine like not that we're not getting another, like the new non Pattinson Batman, nor, nor are we getting Pattinson's next movie. Yeah. Before flash and aquaman come out so at yeah. that point i think like aquaman kind of just closes the chapter on everything and then we start fresh in 2024 well and that's the thing though this whole question of a reboot and the fact that it does seem like he's you know ready to kind of go really back you know it, start a whole new story that really doesn't have anything to do with anything we've seen so far it makes you wonder what does this mean for the rest of his DC projects? Right. Homeboy has other stuff in the in the works, you know. He did the Suicide Squad, he did Peacemaker. We know Peacemaker's coming back for a season two. We sure. know he's already teased that there's going to be another the Suicide Squad character who's getting a spin-off of some uh, well, we know it's Wall, it's Waller. Oh, yeah, it's right. right. It's Waller. Waller spin-off, yeah. But I think there's even another one like, you know, so he's been building out his the Suicide Squad thing, which in and of itself is built out from David Ayer's Suicide Squad from 2016. You know, so he's already been like reconstituting old parts and all this kind of stuff. But if you're going to reboot now, all these characters have interacted with Henry Superman, not the one you're about to introduce. You know, so this is where it gets kind of confusing now with like, you know, he did make that he did release that statement last week that we discussed about like some things will stay, some things will not. So with that in mind, we're still looking at some kind of mix and match proposition here, I'd imagine, unless he's going to pull the plug on his own projects. Right. You know, like it's just it's 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 weird. And I, I, I'm curious how he's going to handle that. It'd be funny if, like, after he comes, he came up with the biggest story ever told. He's like, "All right, well, now I have to fire me. I have to break the news to the Peacemaker team and to the Suicide Squad people that these stories no longer fit into the narrative I want to tell. So now they right. they're gone. You know, is he going to fire himself the same way he seemingly fired Patty Jenkins? Um, by the way, did you, did you see the the story about? patty and she did respond to yeah she, uh, she really uh claims yeah really came out and just and just uh kind of laid everything the rest i have it up here actually you want to read it i could read it for the fine the fine all listeners right you be patty jenkins read her response to uh last week's reports about her walking away from discussions for Wonder Woman 3 because she didn't want to take notes from anybody. And she apparently sent a very testy email to one of the executives saying, you don't understand what character arcs are. Here's the Wikipedia link to what a yeah. character arc is. You know, there was a pretty interesting uh, round of reports. So yes. what did she say about that? Brent? So Yeah, so she posted uh, an image of a note uh, on, on Twitter, basically. And uh, I'll just, I think it's like a couple of paragraphs that actually tell us the details. So she says, I originally, so this is cool. It's given us a little insight into the whole Rogue Squadron debacle, too. Because remember, oh, she yeah, walked yeah, the yeah. top project. So there's a lot yeah. actually in this. So she said, I originally left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive development process when it became clear it couldn't happen soon enough and I did not want to delay Wonder Woman 3 any further. When I did, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back to 
Rogue Squadron after Wonder Woman 3, which I was honored to do. So I agreed. They made a new deal with me. In fact, I'm still on it. And that project has been in active development ever since. I don't know if it will happen or not. We never do until the development process process is complete, but I look forward to its potential ahead. When there started being backlash about Wonder Woman 3 not happening, the attractive clickbait false story that it was me that killed it or walked away started to spread. This is simply not true. I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me. It was my understanding there was nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they are having to make, so I understand these decisions are difficult right now. Uh, I mean, that's like the gist. The rest is just kind of yeah. like, I don't want to leave it behind, and I love this character, and, and we understand that. Um, so yeah, that's just uh, an interesting thing. So, so you know, breaking news basically like Rogue Squadron actually is still happening now, apparently, yeah, it's not canceled. And uh, there had there, there was just a shuffling with projects and timelines. Um, but we should also mention too that Patty wrote all this out, and then James Gunn with his wonderful, uh, fast Twitter fingers. He commented directly on Patty Jenkins' tweet and said, I can attest that all of Peter and my interactions with you were only pleasant and professional. So oh, wow. He actually See? commented back immediately after like, she posted that. So that just tells you a lot of clickbaity bullshit, even from some of the repu- reputable sources, are reporting yeah. some of this stuff. So just yeah, you know, keep keep everything uh, with a grain of salt right now. There's going to be a lot of shit coming out. As you can see, that one little thing he made today all of a sudden spun into, oh, Pattinson's coming to the Gunverse. Like, literally, yep. like, not anything was said about that. And then, like, it spiraled out from just a couple of tweets. So, you know, don't, uh, don't jump to conclusions right away. But, hey, listen, that's why you have us every week to parse through all the nonsense. Yes, <laughs> you parse through all the nonsense and break down the wording of every little thing and yeah. be like, see, I think he's referring to this. Yes. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I remembered the thing that flew out of my mind before. Well, you can't go back now. <laughs> no, I have to. <laughs> no, do it. Because yeah. it's all related to this overarching topic about the Superman reboot that James Gunn is writing. I love that it seems to be focusing on Clark, the reporter. According to THR, I believe they added some added context from what they're hearing from inside sources. And the focus on young cub reporter Clark Kent has me very, very excited because I've always felt like we are starved for Superman stories where the Clark Kent alter ego isn't just an elaborate ruse that he does arbitrarily to be near places of danger. You know, I've always felt that I would love a version of the character where Clark is just an innately curious person who wants to understand humanity and, and likes to report on, you know, he, he likes to interview and report and investigate because almost like as part of his overarching mission here on this earth, he wants to understand what makes humans tick so he can make sure we don't end up like Krypton. You know, so I've always liked this idea that Clark shouldn't just be a reporter because it's convenient for him as, a, as an alter ego. I'd like it if he, as a person, is innately someone who would be a reporter. You yeah, know, someone who is innately excellent. curious, wants to write, wants to share personal stories, wants to illuminate your know, shine spotlights on people in need or bad, you know, so justice, bring justice to people who've been harmed. You know, like he should really like the, the reporter element of Clark has always been kind of treated like just a job he does for a purpose. 
But what if he did it because he really just loves it? And one of the yeah. things he's doing is in finding himself like in birthright is he's traveling the country, traveling the world, just picking people's brains and trying to understand why people are the way they are and, and human history and, and, and share illuminating stories to help us avoid, you know, the pratfalls of, of other civilizations, you know? So this, this focus on Clark, the reporter is right up my alley and makes me very excited for whatever gun is cooking up over there. But I feel like we've been very, very positive on guns things. Right. But, yeah, there is a weird elephant in the room now. There is a sure. question being posed now that has no easy answer. And we're not going to know what the plan is until the first film comes out. But by basically announcing that he's rebooting, you know, if we're getting rid of Henry and we're going back to a time with a younger Superman and this, this and that. Doesn't that essentially turn DC's 2023 slate into one big dark Phoenix situation <laughs> where everybody knew that dark Phoenix was the final Fox X-Men movie and that they couldn't even really call it an X-Men movie anymore because Fox had been bought by Disney and they were going to reboot X-Men on their own. So dark Phoenix became this weird, almost like oddity, you know, dark Phoenix and new mutants, these Fox right. X-Men films that were shot basically and in the can that most fans were like, I ain't going to see that. What's the point? You know, like it's not even leading to anything. And <laughs> right. if those movies were any good, I'm sure the studio wouldn't be actively trying to move away from that. Right. So <laughs> with, with guns, you know, revelations on Twitter, does that kind of like, screw up 2023 for dc like if you think about we've got shazam fury of the gods we've got aquaman 2 we've got well isn't there another one? Oh, we've got blue beetle blue beetle so we've got three blockbuster dc films coming out next year at a time where the new co-head of dc studios is basically saying that like we're gonna go back to the beginning and all of this stuff that you're watching is going to just kind of be rebooted. Is that going to, you think, do you think he inadvertently hurt DC's 2023? Well, we don't have all the details yet of the yeah. plans. I mean, we're making a lot of assumptions right now, but yeah, that's it. I mean, like I've seen a lot of that hub well, like, what do you Twitter do? of just like, you know, why am I even going to watch these movies though? Who cares? And it's like, I mean, I guess if like you're like totally obsessed with the interconnectivity of things now, but like back in the day, we didn't have this. Like you just, oh, there's yeah. a new movie for the hero. I'll go see the movie. Like you would just see it. You weren't yeah. worried if it was going to connect into something else or if there was a sequel coming out after. We never worried about that. But now like yeah. everyone's so obsessed with that. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, like I, I still want to see these movies. Um, So like for me, I don't think it really like, Hurts it for me and like, well, because I understand like there's stuff coming in the future. Yeah. You know what helps though, I think? All these movies came out of Walter Hamada's incubator. They they all right. came from the time when Hamada was calling the shots. All of these are holdovers that were, you know, right. delayed for one reason or another. Remember, some of these are supposed to come out this year. 
Shazam was supposed to be coming out around now and, and Black Adam would have come out like in August or something like that, you know? So these movies have been shot. They come from the Hamada regime and that's a kind of, that's a kind of a big deal because uh, Hamada, as we know, wasn't really a big fan of the interlocked interconnected universe thing he was mr multiverse he was mr let's push everything apart on its own and and not have things be interconnected anymore so that means that these movies should be able to stand on their own you know these movies are not being told as part of some this larger tapestry that you have to see all of it to understand how the puzzle pieces fill together like that's not how Hamada had structured this slate at all. He was moving in a very different direction. So to me, that helps with these movies. It'd be one thing if you knew that the, like, like if we knew that Aquaman two was absolutely meant to be part of a a trilogy that James Wan wants to tell, then you may not want to see it because you're like, well, I'm never going to see the third part of it. So why bother with part two, you know, exactly. we don't know anything about the plans beyond any of these movies. These movies were were, exper- were were designed and built to be experienced as their own standalone, you know, things, their own standalone experiences, so to speak. So, you know, that's why for me, do I still want to see the 2023 releases, even though, you know, it's not it's, it's a road to nowhere now? I still do, you know. I still I, yeah. I I enjoyed enough of what James Wan did with the first Aquaman, despite the things that I can't take about that movie. I enjoyed enough about it to still want to see what he does with Aquaman next year. I loved the first Shazam and having David F. Sandberg back and and you know a bigger budget and it looks like a bigger story. I'm down for Shazam. Blue Beetle, yeah. eh, I don't know if 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 that were to get scrapped or or tossed down to hbo max i wouldn't really be too upset at yeah. it but, they posted uh, uh i think yeah. james gunn like retweeted the blue beetle poster or like he commented on okay. it and, but like he i don't know he 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 made some kind of comment about it or think or reposted something so i'm like oh i think that's staying i think it's on board because it's probably like enough on the outside that it won't affect like his major plans like maybe yeah. they still will have other characters that are not connected to the big 10-year plan and just have little yeah. side things you know i wonder yeah, i mean there's gonna have to be some semblance of mixing and matching or things that aren't connected you know I mean? because if, if he really yeah. is leaving the matt reeves batman alone then the joker. you can't have it both ways yeah, and joker alone then you know th- there's gonna have to be an element of there are dc things that are not connected you know um, yeah. it just makes you wonder what then does this mean that they're finally gonna do like alternate branding do the dc black label thing they should or the elseworld battery maybe gun who is a total comic book junkie uh maybe he's gonna be the one who pulls the trigger on that because he probably yeah. understands there needs to be a way to let people know what is the main story and what is just a neat little detour from the warped creative mind of somebody who we want right. to tell a story with these characters, you know, gun would understand and appreciate the need for like educating the audience on this. is Oh yeah, absolutely. This is not, you know, cause comic book readers have been, you know, well-trained in that world for many, many years. We know the stuff that's meant to be the mainline story and the stuff that's just its own little, you know, excursion. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
So there you go. Okay, hang on. Ben yes. Affleck. Yeah. Talk about this interesting thing with Ben Affleck, and then I think we can pretty much bring this thing home. But uh, as part of the tweet barrage on Wednesday night, where he revealed that Cavill's out and that he's writing a Superman story, and that we're going to find out more about his plans at the start of the new year, somebody asked him about Ben Affleck. Yeah. And to my surprise and shock and Mine awe, as well. he said, I actually just spoke to Ben yesterday about directing a, a DC movie. He wants to do it. DC wants him to do it. It's just yeah. a matter of finding the right project. So I'm like, hold on a second. This is huge. Because that, is that really means big. that whatever he told Affleck was enough for a filmmaker of Affleck's caliber who's already been through an insane ringer with working on DC projects for a major studio. Yeah. And, and he even recently made that, that announcement that he's only working for projects that are done a certain way and for his own production shingle that he's doing with Damon. Like, you know, he's very much like, it doesn't seem like he was ever going to do anything in this space again, but yeah. apparently he's having phone calls with James Gunn and there's mutual interest in him yeah. directing stuff. For DC. He's going to direct, he's going to direct the, the, the next, like the DCU Batman movie. No. He won't be in it. He yes, won't be he... in it, but he's going to direct it, man. And I'm that's the thing right too, because of course people read that and they go, huh? Return of yeah. that flick. You know, and yeah. it's like, no, he's not going to bring back Batfleck while also rebooting Henry, okay? If, no, but if, not if, Batfleck. He's not going to no, play it. He's going to direct it. He's going to direct it, but I don't I, I don't buy that either. I have a feeling, and I like Jonathan Brady's suggestion. Jonathan was telling, was suggesting that he should do one of the more, like, street-level, gritty characters from the DC Universe, that his direction style would do really well with right. something a little more... You know, like, like if you were to do like Green Arrow or something a little more just like, yeah. you know, tampered down. Don't give him Green Lantern. You know, give him something that's a street yeah, no. level character study. And I, I like agree. That. Ben Affleck would do great with some kind of gritty street level character study set in the DC universe, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's all we really have to talk about this week. Right. Did you have anything else you wanted to throw in there, Brett? I did because I, I tweeted this out and I promised I would do it. Okay. So I want to do it for for the do it probably like one person who cares. So, <laughs> and I forgot if I mentioned it last time or not, but I did. I think I did. I impulse bought Sonic Frontiers, which is the new Sonic the Hedgehog oh, game. Yeah. I'm listen. I'm not a big Sonic fan. Like I played the Sega Genesis version that like people's has ahead Sega. Yeah. I never particularly thought they were great games, and, I, and they're not. To be honest, I mean, you know, hey. sorry. Sorry, not sorry. The, the Sonic games are not great games. Um, and, I uh, beg to yeah. differ. Sonic 1, 2, 3, Knuckles, all instant classics. There, there's, there's a lot of design problems. But They're, we all won't get right now. They're all better than She-Hulk. They're all better than She-Hulk. Okay? Just going to put that out there. All right. Maybe. I'll... <laughs> I like She-Hulk. All right. So, but uh, anyway, so, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't really particularly been involved in the 3D Sonic games. And we know, like, they've been very hit or miss. There's been, like, a lot more bad Sonic games than there have been good ones. I think I played Sonic Adventure 2 on GameCube. I dabbled on the first one at like a friend's house on Dreamcast. And then like, I didn't play any other ones really. Um, I think I played a Wii one. It was like an auto runner. It was strange. 
anyway, I impulse bought this because I've been hearing them like people are like this. It's not perfect. It's janky, but there's something about it. It's something like they, they found something or they're onto something. So I bought this game. So it's very much like um, it gives me vibes that remind me of like Mario Odyssey, like kind of like they described it as like open zone gameplay. So basically like there's like five or six like islands in the game and they're like these big open areas that you can just like run across. And then within them is just like all these crazy like rails for Sonic to grind on and like little, you know, boing, boing, little freaking springs. And like it just all these little like uh, little like platforming challenges to get through and like speed through and, and do all these things. And then like you, whatever, you collect all this dumb shit and that unlock stuff, <laughs> whatever, whatever. So like that's like the open, whatever you collect. Is that like an objective things. at the start of the level? Collect a bunch of dumb shit. Yeah, collect, collect a bunch of dumb shit until we tell you it's shit. enough. And then you go do another thing. So they have that. And then they have these other. Um, so that's like the open world component. Um, and then uh, they have this other part where like these little like uh, cyber towers. And if you go to them, you uh, enter like this little cyber portal and it puts you into like, actually it takes like, I think it legit takes old th- levels from 3D Sonic games. And like, you just go into like a cyber version of it hmm. and then you have to like collect five rings or like there's like yeah. a couple different objectives you could beat in that like quick little level that you speed around so it's cool but the thing is like here's like this game could have been so much better first of all like i'm playing it on ps5 um on performance mode 60 frames per second which is awesome like you run so fast and you can keep upgrading the speed there's like some kind of like rpg elements they actually made like a combat and skill tree so like the combat's a little more interesting than just like jamming a button like you could actually do like combos and stuff kind of yeah. cool and the enemies are like, there's like these enemies that are like enormous, like Shadow of the Colossus style. So like you're climbing, running up these huge enemies. And so like they did a lot of cool stuff with that. But then like, like I said, these little cyber levels, they only bring back like three or four different like types, like actual like environments. So there's ones that look like Green Hill Zone. There's ones that look like Chemical Plant Zone. There's ones that just look like random like streets and highways that you would see in like the real world or like construction yards and then the other ones like i think they have the one that looks kind of like the um the temple like the the angel island zone in sonic 3 it's got like that temple ancient ruins kind of look so like there's not like a lot of variety like it's just like each little island open zone has like four or five of these little cyber towers and they're always one of those like four like aesthetics Mm -hmm. then when you get into like the actual islands themselves they're they're designed to like look like realistic. So it's like a realistic looking forest or realistic looking desert. Yeah. But it's like, it doesn't always jive with the cartoony like Sonic style. And it just, it just seems like such a missed opportunity. Like you have this, this franchise that has been around for what, like over 30 something years. And it's got this amazing characters that people love. People love the characters. I don't really care that much. I've honestly skipped like every cutscene in this game. Cutscene comes up. I just skip it. I want to run around a Sonic and just speed through shit. Cause that part's fun. It's like that part's good. It feels good. Maybe like if they replaced so, the cutscenes with scenes from She-Hulk, you would have liked it. Maybe I would have enjoyed it a little bit better. <laughs> you hate She-Hulk so bad. But like, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, you have all this beautiful like artwork and like like you know I even mentioned like those four aesthetics I mentioned like the ruins the green hill zone like why didn't you design the open areas to look like that and give it some fucking character yeah. there's no character to the game like there's none at all like even like in the world like the rails are literally just like like a black or a gray colored rail like just like it looks like a little metal rail that's like skinny goes across the screen loops around and then they have like the little springs that look like the sonic springs like the little red ones with the star in them or whatever and like that's it like 
it and it doesn't change at least like make them look different from island to island they don't they look exactly the same so it's just like these big open empty spaces with like you know cool shit to do like listen it, there's nothing that feels better like They've nailed some moments like when you're speeding through one of these like cool things and like, oh, you dodge an enemy here. And then you like remember to like because it's kind of becomes this like rhythm game where you have to know which button to hit. Like, am I hitting uh, the homing button to hit off the spring or am I hitting the boost to get the extra distance? You know, then am I grinding? Like, Do I have to hop to this other rail? Like when you start getting into like a flow state with that, it's really good. It's really cool. But it just has no fucking character and it's an, another thing with the sonic too like like the music's actually pretty good in this game um it's a lot of like edm and like trance and like techno-y kind of stuff but it sounds like stuff that like you would hear out like at a club it, it's good quality yeah. i actually like it but it's just like i miss some of those old sonic tunes like where yeah. the hell are those like they're not like even present sonic, man they're not even present in like the cyber levels where you go to the old levels from the old games like they just have like some crazy techno song which is cool and you want to go fast to it and it gets you pumped but it just doesn't like they just it's it, it just it miffs me like you've been yeah. working on this game for how many years also i should say like on a technical level unfortunately it's also like janky as shit like I mean, wow. some things feel a little janky, not game breaking, but um, it feels a little janky and there's so much popping. Like, dude, literally you're running and especially like in this game, you can run so fast. So you're running and like you're literally seeing like some of these like little courses like building in front of you, the popping. <laughs> oh, God. Like, yeah. And it, it's like you it's not even like a far draw distance like it stinks like when you especially look at think of a game like breath of the wild which yeah. is also on you know underpowered hardware like you went in that game on a mountaintop and you looked across and you could still see like a castle and all these like things like you go up on there and like you don't see anything because nothing like you only see a couple of things in the sky that are like kind of nearby and then it's like empty and then all of a sudden as you're running there all these like other things pop up it's like it's just it, it's just disappointing that, from that. Be but, like, in 2022 with a sonic yeah damn it Listen, granted, like, yeah. listen, they're not putting a huge budget. Like, the Sonic games, I don't think – I think they sell okay. I was they still have enough of a fan base that they're making movies, they're making games. But I, I, it's clear, like, they didn't – they don't have, like, a budget like Nintendo puts into, like, Super Mario Odyssey, which is just, yeah. like, pure fucking magic. That game is, like, <laughs> incredible, has so much character. Um, It's, like, bleeding character. And uh, so, like, you don't have that. And I think – I imagine the Sonic team, I think, is, like, a smaller team that works in these games. But like they, I will. They're they're on to something. Like if they could take this format, because I think this format works. But like, just give it Sonic character and like put all that like cool shit in it and the music. Yeah. Like you would have had like a really incredible product. So yeah, I, I honestly want to give it though. It's like it's like a solid like a like a seven out of ten game. It's not a bad game. It's it's just a little repetitive and it, it needed just a little something else. But um, I, like I said, I never play Sonic games. So I just wanted to kind of like give my two cents on that. Yeah. Um, all right. And, uh, if people are interested, because I also think like they keep putting it on sale just because like, dude, like a week after it came out, like they put it on like sale, like really cheap. And even though I think it was selling like halfway decent, but um, yeah, so maybe like wait for a sale for it because I, I don't know if I would pay like a full 60 for it. But if you can get it for like 40 bucks or like less, I would say, yeah, pull the trigger on it. It's like pretty fun. You know what I would pay a full 60 for? Next week's episode of the Fanboy Podcast is we're oh, going to sure. do an Ask the Fanboys episode. Uh, just in time for the holidays, you can ask us for you know any questions, concerns, any topics, threads, ideas you'd yeah. like to hear us sound. We have a big off backlog on. too, so yeah, we'll get we've got a backlog. Oh, we have already. 
We've earmarked several emails from the backlog for this month's uh, mailbag show, essentially. But if you want to send in, you got to do that over at the fanboy podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us your long form questions there. You can also follow us on the Twitter at the fanboy show. You can tweet us there with hashtag ask the fanboys if you want to do it that way. If you have something sure. kind of short and sweet, you know. Um, and if you want to follow us over on the Twitter, you could find uh, you could find Brett at Super Brettcon. You could find me at Superman on Film. And until next week, be kind and stay fanboy. Adios. So long.